Hello and welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with the number one James Harden fan in the world, <laughs> Paul Murray. <laughs> and Christian, okay. Okay, so earlier today, we kind of found out that James Harden uh, was going to be traded. It was around 1 p.m. We got the Shams bomb. Nets Sixers were the finalists. And I was like, all right, here we go. Buckle up. You know, um, but I really thought, based on everything we had heard, it's going to be Philly, which we all figured was going to happen. Daryl Morey, Ben Simmons, the obvious trade piece. Um, well, <laughs> now the Brooklyn Nets will have a super team full of Kyrie if he comes back. We shall see. I assume he will. Sham says, as of now, the expectation is he will at some point. So it's vague, but they still are expecting him back. They have James Harden, who they just acquired, and Kevin Durant. Now, the Nets, in the process, traded Karis LeVert, to, who was rerouted to the Pacers. They also traded Jared Allen who was rerouted to Cleveland, gave up three of their own firsts and four pick swaps. The Cavaliers sent a first-round pick to the Rockets, which was the Milwaukee's pick two years from now. Um, I believe that's the, the all the details. I don't think I missed any. Oh, Rodion's Kuruks and, like, Dante Exum were in the deal, too, but, like, they don't matter. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> don't forget about Tori and well, Prince. Oh, Tori and Prince. Forgot about Tori and Prince. Yeah. Don't for- hey, listen. The two best Latvians in the NBA are now playing in Texas. You know, that's, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Paul. Just to put it in perspective, five years ago, the Brooklyn Nets – Oh, we're the man. worst team in the NBA with no picks. Now they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Whether it works or not, that, that there is just no words. Just, just unbelievable. All right, Paul, take it away. Yep. Oh man. Um, I mean, earlier, you know, I was worried because our defense is pretty much gone. Our two best defenders are Kevin Durant and Bruce Brown, and that's it. Um, but the more I've been thinking about it, and the more I've been trying to just avoid all despair, I've been convincing myself to embrace the trade. And I hope the mic picks us up. I'm going to... I don't know if you heard that. I just cracked open a nice stout to celebrate this. Because <laughs> I... I'm starting to come fully on board that this could work and the Nets can very well be champions either this season or next. Um, Because if this works, and I think it'll work, I think Kyrie is going to keep playing in the NBA. (laughs) Um, This is going to be like an an unguardable three-point machine. Because, you know, we still have Joe Harris, and there's no team that can, like, cover all four of these guys, like, effectively. Like, we're always going to have at least one guy w- pretty much wide open for a three. Um, and with Mike, Mike D'Antoni as, as an assistant coach, um, we still have 
all of our second round picks and a future second rounder from the Cavs to get any sort of bargain bin center. I don't know who's available for seven second round picks. I don't think Timothy we'll be able Moskov. to get go there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe Ed Davis. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But hey, don't rule it I out. Mean, He's better than DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ideally, in a perfect dream world, Brooke Lopez comes back, but that's not going to happen. Best case scenario now is Robin Lopez, and I don't want that. But <laughs> um, I mean, our defense basically becomes score like 200 points a night. Let everyone else just score less than that. Um, and, you know, I'm crazy enough to think it'll work. <laughs> and it, it, it's not nuts. Honestly, I, in my opinion, it's not nuts to think it will. Yeah, I mean, reading more reactions to the trade, I saw like the athletic gave it an A minus for the Nets. So I figured, I mean, this can't be a total train wreck if these smart basketball people are saying it's a pretty good trade so um yeah i think we're in good shape all right <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm pretty excited <laughs> for a, like assuming Kyrie stays in the nba <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny paul you're gonna laugh at me but i'm almost taking the opposite not in terms of like optimism but in terms of how i look at this deal for brooklyn in my opinion, mm-hmm. it's time to move Kyrie Irving. And, and I think if you, if you can get him to keep playing in the NBA and convince him to play for another team for, and trade him for a couple of shooters, move him to a team like, I don't know, Miami or whatever, I think now's the time. Like, like I, I, there's a guy whose basketball opinion I respect a lot, a guy named Alex Kungu, who has 6,000 followers on Twitter. And he said the biggest issue with the Nets – is you're basically asking Kyrie Irving to be Karis LeVert's role. I don't think he's going to be very happy about that. So if this is a guy who requested a trade away from LeBron because he didn't want to be, you know, the number two. Obviously with Durant he was, but that was his buddy. Um, I think, in, in my opinion, if you can convince Kyrie to come back, I'm trading him. But I understand... With Durant, the connection, he probably won't do that. And again, we got to see. I mean, the Jason Dumas guy who said, uh, the Jason Dumas saying that he might sit out the whole season. I mean, it's pretty yikes. Tom CD or whatever, uh, who, let me see, I got to find this report on Twitter. Give me a sec. Uh, Tommy D, SNY, saying that he was furious that he wasn't given more input on the Nash hiring. Very distant with uh, with Durant recently. Um, and that the Harden deal is not to placate Kyrie and it's insurance in case the Nets can't mend the fence. Um, I, honestly, dude, I, like, let's just keep it flat out. Like, let, let's just keep it flat out. Like, this Nets team is the biggest boomer bust team in NBA history. There is no other way to say it. Like, it's going to be either a absolute dominant team like you said paul that's gonna score like 200 points a game like i think i saw a net fan on real gm say it best it was like we're gonna be trading baskets till july (laughs) um or they're going to be an absolute disaster and it honestly if they they must have great sense of humor because the game is entertainment and this like i said 
there's going to be no more team entertaining than the Brooklyn Nets, whether they work or not. There is const- going to be constant drama. There's going to be unbelievable performances. I think my little brother said some games, they're going to look like the Warriors, like maybe even better. Like they're going to look that good. And other games, they're going to look like an absolute trashy. Um, I think yeah, I, someone who's a Boston uh, radio guy said Kyrie left Cleveland to be the man in Boston. Now he's the third best player in Brooklyn. Lol. I mean, he's not I mean, wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, with the Kyrie stuff, like, I'm not going to completely disagree with you. Like, I was telling you earlier, like, I hope Kyrie's involved in the trade because, like, we'd be able to just keep more depth. Like, we'd we'd probably have a, a mobile center if, you know, Kyrie was in the trade instead of Jared Allen. Um, but, I mean, just the sheer amount of offensive talent in this. And Sean Marks is, is a smart guy. Like, I'm sure he's still going to have another move or two up his sleeve. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know. I, in terms of like the details for why Kyrie is sitting out, I mean, I just, the team knows all the details. The players know more than any of us do. I'm going to hold off on as much speculation as I can until that stuff becomes public and he hopefully returns this season. I don't know. For all I know, he's going to declare himself as the next mayoral candidate in, for New York. I don't know. Um, but I th- like it is definitely a huge boomer bust situation, but I do think that the talent is just going to be too much. And what I'm probably most worried about is if these three guys don't pick up their player options in a couple of years, because oh. Lord help me, I'm going to jump off the Brooklyn bridge. <laughs> no, please don't <laughs> but, do that. <laughs> listen, they, this, this trade, um, so you look at the pick swaps, I believe they're 2022, 2024, 2026, right? I think that's yes. what it was. And then they got an unprotected 2022, and then they, uh, then the 2021, 2023, and 2025, 2027 are all. No, I'm sorry. Those are swaps. The other ones are unprotected 2022, yeah. 2024, Every- 2026. Everything is unprotected, which is kind of funny because when I was looking at the Nets subreddit (laughs) earlier, you know, everyone was saying like, oh, you know, like surely Sean Marks, like, you know, we're going to have protected um, like these picks are going to be protected. That's where Billy King fucked up. All the picks were unprotected. And so the details come out and all the picks aren't protected. (laughs) Didn't didn't Sean Marks earlier say in the year that he's not going to give up the future for the team and he just basically did? Yeah. Yeah, he said he wanted to build something sustainable. Um, I mean, hopefully that means all three of those guys resign. Or if Kyrie leaves, if I mean, if one of them leaves, then we can we'll have plenty of cap space to do something in free agency eventually. Um, like I, would say, honestly, I don't know. As a, if I were a Nets fan, I honestly feel like if Kyrie announced tomorrow that he was retiring, I'd be happy. <laughs> like. I know you laugh. Like you have to understand, I, as someone who is rooted rooted for Kyrie before, like I was devastated when he left. Christian remembers that, but yes. it's hard to ignore that Tatum played so much better without him. Like it, it is. I, I mean, it, it, we play. We him leaving was good for us. I honestly believe now you have James Harden. If you're the Nets and you lose Kyrie, who cares? Like you have two guys that like are top five guys. Plus, 
sharing the ball might be easier. Mm-hmm. Now, the other side of it is, well, like you said, Paul, the incredible amount of talent. I'm, I'm sure Katie's bought in. We know he is. We, I'm sure uh, Harden's bought in. He got traded there. You figured he would be. Mm-hmm. Really, it's like the attention turns to Kyrie. Like, really, is he going to come back? Like, if, and if he does, is he going to be happy about his role? Like that. It, it asking that's why I that's my biggest concern if I were a Nets fan is that you're basically telling Kyrie to play the Karis LeVert role, and I don't think he's going to be very happy about it. But I don't know. It's like you said, we really do not know. What mm-hmm. we know now is he's away from the team. And he's AWOL. Now, uh, Christian. So basically, so I, had to, I had to be the negative Nancy. <laughs> Christian, you yes. are not in favor of this for the next. Absolutely not. Okay. So before I break down why I'm not in favor of it, I want to talk about the other teams that, you know, the, I want to talk about the Rockets, the Pacers, the Cavs, and the Knicks, because I feel like those guys are winners in this trade. And here's why for the Rockets, you got a bunch of picks. You got a disgruntled star who doesn't want to play for your team anymore out of there, who you probably weren't going to win a championship with anyways. You can fully rebuild now. W for them. The Pacers got rid of Oladipo, who didn't want to be there. You got a young Karis LeBert on a much better contract than an Oladipo. And he's young and has a lot of promise. Really good win for the Pacers there. If you were the Cavs, you get Jared Allen to pair up with Sexland and Okor there. You have a really nice young core right now. Really nice win for the Cavs, in my opinion, as they continue to rebuild. And if you're the Knicks, you can finally rebuild because everybody's going to be focusing on the Nets. No one is going to be talking about the Knicks. And that is the best thing for the Knicks because they can finally actually not just hot patch a roster and try to sign someone else's rejected star. So this is a wonderful thing, I think, for the Knicks, too, because they can finally just fully suck and fully get better and hopefully properly rebuild. Now, as you guys have mentioned, Paul, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Nick, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. But here's my thing. And this is why I'm concerned about this for a number of reasons. I understand the offensive firepower you have on this team. They could put up 140, 150 probably easily. Who's going to play defense? Because yeah, I don't care. A major I, problem. Like, it, like that's that's the thing. Like Paul, to win it, that the, the Nets are banking on the fact that if they make the finals, they can outscore the Lakers. And as we've seen, it's kind of dicey to win a championship without defense. Like the Warriors were a top three defense when they won all those titles. Now the Nets are going to basically have to bank on the fact that they can just outscore the Lakers in the playoffs and. Considering, like you said, Paul, the front court is like nothing besides DeAndre Jordan right now. By the way, the Nets are still killing the Knicks at halftime. Um, yes, we suck. But um, the if you're the Nets, like you you need to fi- prioritize finding someone uh, as a big man that can somewhat slow down, like an Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid. Because they're hopeless at guarding either of those types of players right now. Now, on the other part of the defensive end, Paul, uh, Christian, you mentioned, like, the Nets are going to be, suppose, you know, they're going to be probably on, like, an unstoppable offense most nights. But well, what the, if they don't score? Not, that's right. That's the problem. Like, 
Like, let's let's just take it by matchup. Christian, you were talking about some other teams. Like, the Sixers. Like, who's stopping and beating in that group? I don't think... No, DJ they is. have... They have no... De- DeAndre Jordan sucks. There's no yeah. way on this planet... And and Bede has never really been the kind of guy who would dominate somebody. But if you if you're the 76ers, you just go to him and say you post up every single fucking time because they either have to double you or you're gonna score every time. If they have to play the Celtics, who's gonna guard Tatum and Brown? I mean, because right now Kevin Durant, Durant is your best. Tatum, obviously, but Brown Brown like they have no one that can guard Tatum Brown. But even but KD is your best defender, and that's concerning to me. He's a great defender. Don't get me wrong. Oh, we but... have Bruce Brown too. Hey, he's but Bruce Brown is under Bruce Brown ain't stopping <laughs> Jalen Brown. No, he's not stopping. He's not stopping any of those guys. Or even <laughs> even if they had to play like Miami, which would probably be well, who's gonna stop Bam though? I just thought about that. That's gonna be tough for them. But the the thing that concerns me more are the egos on the team, because on paper, like on a two K roster, you're gonna put a, you're gonna win in two K. But this is not two K. This is real life. And as you saw already with Kyrie, and as I mentioned to you guys before the season started, I remember everybody saying two games in, this is the team to beat. This is the championships of they're they're gonna get to the NBA finals right. And I was like, okay, hold on a second. It's just two games. Wait until Kyrie or KD has some problems. And sure enough, what happened? Kyrie Irving has gone AWOL. So to me, I don't know how you can win a title when you have these big-ass egos. And they're huge egos. How can you win if if, if they're not going to sacrifice? Because I don't trust them. I really don't. And maybe some people will say, okay, well, Kevin Durant went to the Warriors and he sacrificed. Yeah, but Steph Curry is a very, very egoless player. He's... He literally let KD come to the team and be the best player. What player is doing that? You think Harden, you think James Harden or Kyrie Irving are going to be like, okay, I'm going to be the number two or three option. I don't see that happening. And people are going to also mention, they're going to say, oh, but uh, James Harden and KD played in 2012 when they got to the finals. That was a young James Harden. He was coming off the bench. He hadn't become the beard yet. This is a completely different animal you're dealing with. Also, he's a fat ass. <laughs> he's he's out of shape. He's out of shape. He's disgruntled. I mean, there's just so many problems with it. And my the more the, the thing that's more concerning to me overall in the picture is the fact that a player like a Kyrie Irving can go can basically go AWOL and not be suspended. And you have a guy like a James Harden going to strip clubs, uh, basically coming to coming to camp out of shape. Criticizing his teammates who are busting their ass really hard to play. Guys like John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins who've been hurt. Busting their ass really hard to get back into shape and try to win. And this guy's critiquing them when he was going to strip clubs and eating. And he basically still gets what he wants. I don't like that at all. I personally would suspend those. I would suspend Harden and Kyrie, but that's not going to happen because it's a player's league. But that's just the thing that's kind of irritating in in this whole thing. But as I mentioned before, yes, those are my concerns. It's just the egos. I don't trust them. Their defense is terrible. They gave up a lot of depth. And also, guys, the last thing I'm going to mention, and I know I've been going on for a while, but Kevin Durant is 31. Kyrie is 30. I believe Harden is 29. 31. There you go. Okay. Those, they're not spring chickens, you know? And KD, before the Achilles injury, he was they, they had him on load management in Golden State because he had a couple of injuries. He's been hurt a little bit. Kyrie has not played a full season, I think, since 2011 when he got drafted, and he might have missed a couple of games then, too. I don't know. 
James Harden is probably the most durable one out of the three, but he's played a lot of minutes, and you never know in the league. If one of those guys gets hurt or two of them gets hurt, what the hell are they going to do in the playoffs? Yeah, it's a great, it's just well, I think, it's just I've, so much uncertainty, really. It's just this is we don't know. Like it, it's just it could be amazing, it could be awful. It really could like I, I pretty much see like the Celtics fans take on this was one of two things. It's either we're done, trade everybody, tank or which they do after every loss anyway. So I mean, what's new? Uh or that they think that this team is going to fail. Um, the Nets, I mean. Now, um, there are so it's like you said, Christian, on the outskirts of the trade, uh, the Pacers did pretty well. I mean, honestly, Oladipo was going to leave anyway. Uh, so getting Levert for him is pretty good value. And getting Jared Allen uh, for the Cavs. By the way, I think Drummond is now obviously a trade candidate, even though he's played pretty well this year. Drummond is absolutely a trade candidate now, considering the Jared Allen news. He's also uh, a free agent, too. Yeah, he's going to be a free agent as well. Um, now, because we've talked about Brooklyn, let's talk about the team that didn't get him. Now, let me take this. Because I need... I, 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 he, I, I have something to say about this. We talked about Daryl Morey, like he was some super duper genius, right? And that he was so much better than Danny Ainge. Well, he just did exactly what you criticized Ainge for. Exactly. And there is no criticism of him. Like, all we heard, like, like I sent Paul, I sent you this, that the Celtics could get involved. It's the same shit we hear every trade. I never really believe it. Um, the Celtics, it's like Paul, it's like you said, the Celtics with the way Jalen Brown has played this year, we're not going to get involved for Harden. There's just no reason to. Yeah. Um, but, but Daryl Morey did the exact thing, whether you believe that the, if maybe they were just never, maybe Tillman was never trading him. Like, like people speculated, maybe Tillman was never trading him. To uh to the Sixers just because of Maury. Very possible. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like and there were rumors that you know they asked for a ridiculous amount, like three first, three pick swaps, plus Simmons, yada yada. But if we take it on face value that it was Tyrese Maxey that held it up that held this up, well then he did exactly what Ainge does. So I don't want to hear it. I want to hear Daryl Morey. Oh, he's on a pedestal. Oh, he's so amazing. He's a good GM. Just like Danny Ainge, he's a good GM. Just like Sean Marks is a very good GM. And Sean, But Sean Marks, for example, in this trade, if this fails, this is worse than Billy King because they have no control. Like you said, uh, Paul, if one of them leaves, if all of them leave, then they have no control of those picks all those years. Yeah. Um, but back to the Sixers. That was my mini rip. I just want to add if um, if this ends up working and, you know, the big question five years from now is what if Philadelphia got it and <laughs> fucking Tyrese Maxey is the reason yeah. why oh this trade God. doesn't go through when B- 
Ben Simmons as the centerpiece of the trade would be the funniest shit. By the way, we do not talk about... Another thing about Maury, he's a bullshitter. It's time to call him out. He said, I'm not offering Ben Simmons. Guess what he did today? He offered Ben Simmons like he's been offering him the whole time. Get thought that you that he really meant I'm not offering Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But but like Nick, I think I think we like we talked about this during the summer. You said it was the best thing that Sixers did was to get Morty, and I said I think he's kind of overrated. Because of all the things he did in Houston, they didn't win a championship. So now you have your now this is his opportunity to maybe actually win a championship in Philly. You, you gotta go and give up whatever the fuck you need to get Harden. And if Tyrese Maxey is the reason you don't give up, you don't give up. Uh, if that is the reason you don't pull a trade for James Harden and you and they lose in the first round this year, they need to fire Daryl Morey and ban him from the league forever and ever. Listen, regardless, regardless of whether or not. The the Nets got James Harden, regardless of whether he was traded. Everyone, and I mean everyone knew, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid is not winning a championship. That is a fact. I'm sorry. There is just no... Ben Simmons can't shoot. That has always been the death knell of the Sixers. It's been the death knell since the kyrie Celtics kicked their ass in the second round in 2018. And it's been th- that way ever since. They finally, they the roster they assembled this year was pretty good with Seth Curry and uh, who else did they get? Danny Green. Uh, you mentioned Tyrese Maxey. As much as you make fun of him, he's been a pretty good rookie. But this was their chance. This was it. You know, like this was the way to really go. Like, I, like Paul, when I was talking to some of my friends about this, they're like, would it be worse if he went to, Brooklyn or Philly? And most said Philly, which kind of surprised me. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but but because Philly just always finds a way to screw things up, in my opinion. But as much as we crown Maury, and he's done a pretty good job already, obviously, he you can argue if, if that price wasn't ridiculous and Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey, was the reason they didn't do it? That's bad, man. I'm sorry. Like, the Celtics at least can point to the fact Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, we knew we're going to be 20-plus point scorers in the NBA. We knew that was going to happen. I don't care if I sound like a homer. You, we knew that was going to happen. We knew those two, once they hit their stride, they were going to be two-way stars in the league, and having those two guys together is rare. So the Celtics, like, was the Celtics issue of keeping a Brown and Tatum out is way more understandable. This, I'm sorry. Like this was, if the Sixers could have gotten him, I don't understand why they didn't. That's how I look at it. And now Simmons, Simmons might be pissed, dude. I mean, there's that Spears report that uh, like sounded like spin where it's like, Oh, Simmons is so happy to get traded. Doc Rivers believes in him. Well, of course they almost traded him for James Harden. Yeah, sure. They believe in him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ryan Windhorst said, today on the hoop collective podcast that ben simmons went into today expecting to be traded so i'm pretty sure his relationship with maury's broken 
or at least is very severely damaged. And uh, I don't know. I don't know where the Sixers go from here, but this is this is bad for them. This is legitimate. I think at least it's bad, unless it unless Harden fails in uh, Brooklyn. So I don't know. You guys took it, but when I first heard it, more than anything, I wasn't like I didn't have a strong opinion as much as I would if if I were a Philly fan. So I'm actually grateful that he didn't land in Philly, just because I think you know if they include Ben Simmons, then they wouldn't have to give up as much as the Nets had to um, in terms of depth, in terms of picks. I think the Sixers for the Sixers, it would have been much less of a boom or bust situation than it is right now for the Nets. Cause we have our big three and that's pretty much it. We'll, we'll have Dinwiddie next season, but you know, that doesn't help us like in the here and now. Um, whereas for Philly, they still have a lot of other pieces. They, still have all their picks and like i said they they wouldn't have had to mortgage their future as much as the nets um to um to acquire harden um and you know if they did get harden they'd still have i mean they would still have some nice pieces like they'd have seth curry around him obviously they'd they'd have joel Embiid. um and bias harris isn't having like he's having a much better season than last year under Doc Rivers because of their connection um, with the Clippers. Doc Rivers knows how to use them more. Um, he's averaging like three or four more points a game right now. Um, and I'm also basically biased towards him because he's been pretty good for me in fantasy this season. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, for, I see like one of the first things that came to my head was not only do I think this could be great for the Nets, but I think it's great that he didn't land at a um at a direct right in a direct rival team for us. So um I'm kind of of the opposite opinion of you on that, Nick. Hey, I, I mean, mean I, I feel indifferent on it honestly, because mm-hmm. even if they had got even if they had got Harden, it would have basically just been uh Harden and Dwight Howard two point in my opinion. And they didn't win a championship, so what the fuck you, what the hell makes you think they were gonna win a championship there? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it, it's, it's, but the point is, is I looked at it for Philly as like, this was their chance, you know, like, I really thought if they wanted to go for it, now is the time. Um, well, it's not. Um, so something pretty interesting that just came across the Real Gym wiretap, speaking of the Hoop Collective podcast, uh, Brian Windhorst was talking about Kyrie. And he asked like four or five GMs, he said, about Kyrie's trade value. And he said that the responses were absolutely wild. Some said you can get a first or two for him. Some said you can barely, you can only attach him as a filler. Like, you know, you know what I would do? And this is probably extreme. I would either suspend him for the entire season and not pay him or release him because you, that's your job, bro. Like, I don't care. And I mean, we don't know this. I I guess I could say I we don't know what the circumstances are and all this other nonsense. But you have a job to do, man. Like you got to go out there and play. You can't be like, oh, I don't want to go play because this thing happened. Like, dude, you're getting paid a hundred and forty million fucking dollars to go play. Like, stop. Well, jokes yeah, like, on you. He's preemptively suspending himself right now. He's playing five <laughs> <by> D <the> chess. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, Paul, it's like I've told you about. I mean, you you knew it about Kyrie, but like I said, he's yeah. a, he is such a great talent and such an absolute basket case. Um, Genius and madness go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will say, like I said, if I after this trade, if I were a Nets fan and I heard Kyrie was literally retiring, I would be like, all right, whatever. We still got Durant and Harden. You know, shrug. Who cares? Um, plus, you get his salary off the books, which would be pretty nice uh, in terms of cap space in the future. Um, but yeah, it, it, this, the Philly, yeah, maybe it probably wouldn't have won him a championship, obviously. But Harden and Embiid, man, I mean, with Embiid has been phenomenal this season so far. He's played like an MVP candidate. And pairing Harden next to him, if it would have worked, I, I personally think it wouldn't have, but. If it would have worked, that, that's pretty fucking good, man. That's pretty I think good. it would have worked a lot more. I think that's that's just a better fit than him. And it is him a better fit than Ben Simmons, no question about that. My question was, would Embiid's attitude work with Harden? Because Embiid loved Butler because he was so intense. James Harden's not very intense, as we know. He's kind of aloof and, well, fat. Um, <laughs> you better be jogging his ass from Houston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now... A couple other things, too, um, about this trade that I kind of wonder, uh, just as a basis. Um, and Alex Kongu brought this up as well, but it's like the Nets played incredibly fast this year. You know, they're up and down team, and they played with a very high pace, which fit, Ky- uh, which fit Durant and mostly fit Kyrie, I would say. This does not fit James Harden. So that becomes very interesting. Like, how do they change now? Like, Harden, let's be real. In the in the, in the shape he's in, he ain't playing the fast break game. You know, like, he's not. He, he's he's going to want to play in the half court. So I do wonder what Nash does to adjust. Um, well, in the wise words of Charles Barkley, the Nets offense will be dribble, 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 dribble. <laughs> Because I, I I think I think he's gonna have to readjust the offense, and they're gonna have to just do a bunch of ISOs. So I I don't think I don't think uh, Harden or Kyrie is gonna want to play off the ball. Yeah, that's that's a, Kyrie has never been an off ball guy, so that's why I'm just saying the Harden more has the more, been though. What's up? Harden has been an off ball guy though. Back in OKC, even though that was a long time ago, like he does have yeah. it in his toolbox. It's football, lo- it would be but... a lot to ask of him right now, like given that he's been the number one guy for so many years. But I'm just saying, he does have those tools. He does, Paul. But like you mentioned, that was that was when he was a six man, so he was willing to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'd be willing now because of you know, what the player he's become and stuff. And again, it comes down to sacrifice. Who's willing to sacrifice? Because if if Harden and Kyrie and others are are not willing to sacrifice, this is going to be an absolute disaster. But I think and another the, thing, uh, and another oh. thing, oh, sorry to cut you off. The last thing uh, I'll mention, yeah. another thing that I mention is, goddamn, Steve Nash has just been thrown right into the fire. <laughs> I mean, your first year, your first year, you got to deal with these three egos. I mean, oh my goodness. Again, the 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 boomer bust potential in this is amazing, and it's going to be fun to watch. I'll just say, like, on the point of um, like the question of like, you know, how ball dominant and all these guys are. I think there is the one bright side is, or sorry, I shouldn't let me rephrase that. 
a lot of this will also come down just um, to the coaching because, you know, obviously, like, the closed games, you're probably going to want all of them on the court. Um, but throughout the game, you can stagger, like, Kyrie and Harden. So, you know, one of them, like, not to relegate either of them to, like, a sixth-man role, like, throughout the season or throughout the playoffs or whatever. But, you know, like, for, you know certain games or whatever then you get Kyrie a little more run with the bench and Harden has a little more run with the starters um or and you know they just alternate or whatever it may be um and of course like I said certain situations are going to have all of them on the court so there is still room for versatility and you can still satisfy them I think um so that coaching aspect it's Steve Nash is definitely like you guys said, he's going to have a lot of a lot on his plate to satisfy all of them. Oh, stress levels with this are 10,000%. Like, this is <laughs> going to be about as stressful a coaching job as you're going to have in the history of sports. Um, now, Wait, question. Oh, I have one more question. So, what do you guys think their window is to win? And do you think after the four-year contracts or wherever long they have, if the Nets re-sign them, what's the window after that? Because they're in their late 30s. I don't know. I don't know if they're paying a million dollars like LeBron is to, <laughs> to take care of their bodies. Honestly, well, the dude, good thing is great question. I think the good thing is that, you know, with like with having three stars, it's going to be a, a little less demanding than it would be like, you know, if Harden was the number one guy on the Rockets when he's 34, that's going to have more stress than being one of three stars on the Nets when you're like 34, 35. So I think it will help prolong them at least a little bit. Um, yeah. So, I, listen, I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can here. We mortgaged our whole future again. Nets fan again. I I I would be right there with you. Like if I were a Nets fan, like and how and listen. My opinion is I know a lot of people like Christian. It it, it could totally fail. You could be totally right. I'm holding out like. I'm going to see how this goes. I mean, in the beginning, after Christian remembers, after you guys beat us by 30 points, I texted Christian, if the Nets trade for James Harden, that will be the worst move they've ever made. Oh, you're telling me that, too. Like, yeah, I, and I like, kind of agreed with you. Like, hey, we don't really need Harden. Yeah, point. because you're giving away, like I said, you're giving away all your depth and some really good young players for an aging superstar who is, as you can see, also a hot case. What if one of these guys gets hurt? You know, then then you're gonna have to rely on on Reggie Perry. That's terrible. <laughs> no, yeah, let's, like the the Nets. The positive for them, Paul, too, is that they have the mid level still, the taxpayer mid level, about five million, and the Dinwiddie disabled player exception and three roster spots open. So they'll be able to get buyout guys, but the buyout guys will not be as good as Carrot Levert and Jared Allen. Like they won't. Yeah. I don't think there's any debate. The question is, will that matter? Um, I think to really round out this meme team uh, as it's going to inevitably become if Blake Griffin gets bought out. Oh, <laughs> my God. The chief, that would just, it would be a disaster for sure, but it would be funny as hell. Honestly, the Blake, Blake I never <laughs> thought of that. That would be comedy if that happens there's no trade market for him at this point like he's just crap like, oh no one's ta- no one taking no one is gonna take uh what's his name no one's gonna take uh blake griffin Blake-y. no way yeah. um no 
The other thing is, and me and Christian were talking about this a bit before, it's kind of this trade being a kind of reflection of the NBA um, and player empowerment. And I think we got to kind of acknowledge it's gotten to a ridiculous point in some like James Harden skipped training camp, like, you know, ate, you know, got fat, you know, went to strip clubs without a mask, acted like an absolute douchebag. Excuse me. After they gave away pretty much everything for him, you know, gave away, they got Westbrook, they got uh, Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, etc. He ran them all away. And he wanted to be traded to Brooklyn. Granted, apparently someone said his mom tweeted under the Philly and Brooklyn thing and said he wanted Philly more. Um, and also someone just, someone uh, posted a, a Houston uh, Instagram, a guy posted on Instagram, like, uh, Houston strippers without Harden. It's like the Travis Scott, you know, like, oh shit meme. And Harden actually liked that photo. <laughs> but it's just funny. Um, but now we have Harden doing this. And now Kyrie being kind of Kyrie doing Kyrie shit. And he hasn't really faced a suspension yet. He'll face a quarantine. And the Nets, the, the Nets definitely don't sound like they pack him too much on this. Especially from that statement, they didn't say they supported him at all. But it's I think it's time to question. You know, I think it's fair to question at this point, has player empowerment gone way too far? In my opinion, I think it has. Like, teams Absolutely. Players Absolutely. are pissing on teams right now and then getting what they want. Anthony Davis did the exact same thing. Like I said, in my opinion, if you want to curb this, if you want to curb this, you have to make every single free agent restricted and attach uh, some sort of compensation to it, whether it's money, whether it's draft picks. I don't know. But the fact is, is that these teams are losing these guys for fucking nothing and getting nothing in return. And honestly, like, well, I mean, the, the, obviously Houston did and the Pelicans did as well. But... Like, this is getting absurd. Like, I'm sorry. Like, isn't God, it crazy that no one has ever received anything in return, like for LeBron James? Like, it's just been free agency the whole time. Yeah. Like, it's it, it, some point. Well, I mean, there's no way in hell anybody's trained for LeBron. They would have to give up like 14 drafts. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I think it's just kind of funny to think about. Yeah. Like, the NFL has conditional picks attached to free agents, which allows teams to recruit something when they lose a guy. The Patriots, right. for example, really game the system with that. Like, you know, get they they know they're going to lose a guy, but they know they're going to get a compensatory pick that they're going to trade for a, his replacement. We did right. that when we lost uh, Nate Solder, I believe. We lost Nate Solder, and we used and and then we eventually used the pick to trade for Trent Brown, who replaced him. Um, I think at the end of the day, like this is just. This is a problem. Like, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I think it's really fair to bring this up. I mean, in, in this is regard, it, this could, he could have been traded anywhere, you know, whether it was his preferred destination like Brooklyn was. But he pissed on the Rockets after the Rockets gave him literally everything. And he publicly said a public goodbye, insulting every single teammate. Like, if, if they kept him one more day, they would have kicked his ass. 
they kept him one more day, John Wall and Boogie were going to beat his ass. That's probably why they didn't have him at practice today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this isn't a reflection on the Nets as an organization or anything, because, like, they've they've had two opposite... They've had two opposite scenarios here with Kyrie ghosting the team like he's done before to obviously the Celtics and the Cavs. And, but on the other hand, you have James Harden ghosting the Rockets and pissing on the Rockets to get to the Nets. Basically, um, this is a roundabout way of saying I think player empowerment might be going too far. And not just that, you know, another thing that's, and as I think I mentioned this when we did our offseason podcast after the Lakers won, this whole super team thing is just, it just bothers me. Like, where's the competition in the league now, man? And and I know that, that the Harden situation in Houston, he wasn't going to win a title and stuff. But, I mean, like, really? Are we really? Everybody just wants to join their buddies now? I mean, this thing is just so irritating. And it's going to, and I think, if this continues to happen, this is going to eventually drive people away from the product because there's no parity in the league. It's the same three teams with the same three players all playing together, recruiting all the same, all their buddies and winning. It's not fun for the league. Now, it's this fun specific, for me. <laughs> well, I was going to say this specific one is really fun because the train wreck value, and this is amazing versus the uh, dominance as well. Like this is a, this is a definitely a unique uh, perspective on it and like a unique, a unique trade, but the overall picture of the last the last decade has been kind of just the league has kind of been dominated by super teams, starting with LeBron in the Heat. Then we went to the Warriors super team, and now we have this super team now. It's just not exciting as a as a NBA fan for so many years. Like it's it's getting to that point now where I'm kind of as I mentioned before, I'm kind of it's driving people away from the product and very soon it could it could take everybody off like you know what what i don't want to watch this crap i don't you want to watch the same three guys winning you know what though i i have hope for the younger generation because Giannis is now paved the way you know yes you yes. can say like the i, I i'm almost 100 percent sure luca will resign in dallas i'm almost unless things go bad i'm, I'm almost uh I, I mean i listen i'm scared shitless when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's contracts come up. I am like, how can I not be, you know, like when Brown and Tatum's contracts come up, the, uh, the net, I mean the, God, I hope that they, they don't go to the nets. I think I would cry, but, uh, <laughs> like Tatum has said he was a Kobe fan and he grew up a Laker fan. Now he granted, he said multiple times he's loved Boston he said he wants his number retired here. I mean, granted, Kyrie said the same thing. I know. But... If you guys have him back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, to be fair, it's not like Nets fans are in love with Kyrie not now, now either. But yeah. Um, well, I think the difference, though, I think the difference between like, but Jason Tatum, to me personally, right now, he, he seemed like the guy who would want to stay on a team and win. So I don't think you have to worry about that. And they already re-signed him to, like, a Supermax, which is great. So you don't have to worry about that for another, like, three or four years. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, then, listen, but, like, every – listen, every Celtics fan, like I've said, we have the most negative fan base in the league, in my opinion. So – or at least we're up there. So basically all the negative fans today were like, well – Nets gonna kick our ass for years. They're gonna run the league. Tatum and Brown are gonna request trades. It's gonna uh, let's be not get let's 
okay, let's not get carried away. There's been many there's been many super teams in the league that have either won a championship or haven't won at all. So Yeah, yeah, like the Lakers with Dwight and Steve Nash and Oh, that was a disaster. Yeah, no, yeah, like they shouldn't have even made the playoffs if you look at uh there's certain conspiracy video, but I'm not. We're not going into that. Um, <laughs> there was some very shady refing to get them into that to that playoff. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, like I think since the Stern era, um, the super team thing has kind of dominated the landscape. But like I said, I think the thing that gives me hope is that guys like Tatum, Giannis, Luca will stay with their teams and um, and kind of like set that standard you know like I I don't want I don't want the league to constantly like like listen there are Celtics fans that years from now are dreaming about the thought of Donovan Mitchell because he's so close with Tatum and Brown and Kemba's contract will be off the books the cap will be up but honestly, as much as I like that, I think, like, I, I mean, we're, we've already boned Utah once. <laughs> I mean, like. It, both, have, both Tatum and Mitchell, don't their contracts go up at the same time? They both have player options that last year? Yeah, that's that's where the speculation really kind of began. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, like, but like I said, like, that's. Just I mean, by lot. then we might not have our stars, so they'll be welcome in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just go ahead and stick the knife in me now, will you, Paul? <laughs> but uh, I think you know, just it's it the player empowerment era. I think it's fair to say has created some many many positive things, many positive things. By the way, Gordon Hayward got hurt. Jeez, man, this guy just can't catch a break. Um, but Gord- but the player empowerment era has created a lot of positive social change, you know, uh, with the bubble and, you know, has, has allowed players to go places they want to go, but it's too far at this point, man. Like they, they, you can literally piss on a team and you'll get rewarded. Like AD was like Harden was. And I think it's finally fair to say, and, and honestly, if Kyrie Irving retires, Paul, like that's probably not going to happen. But I would be I would be a little shocked if that happened. But even if Kyrie just says he's taking the season off, as a Nets fan, would you wouldn't you be thinking the same thing? Like, wow, like as much as we're in player empowerment, we're paying this guy to sit the season. Like, you get what I'm saying here? Oh yeah, they better find the shit out of him if he just says like, no, I'm gonna sit. You know, <laughs> like that would just be completely ridiculous. Like you're being paid millions of dollars to play basketball you need to at least do that you know it's not like you know a terrible death in the family or something and unless he's committing himself to do like an outstanding amount of social work that has real tangible consequences and stuff then you know there's no reason for him to not show up because knowing Kyrie well I say knowing I don't obviously I don't know the guy but just based from what we've seen you know, if he's right now, he's committed to social work. But how much does that extend beyond like just pretty much saying, just saying things and occasionally making donations and doing a little more than like a stereotypical like rich white kid in a 
you know, big university or something saying, you know, talking about how woke and how much of an activist they are. Um, but yeah, like, it would just, it would be completely ridiculous if he decides just to not play anymore. Yeah. Also, I mean, though, he, I mean, they're paying him 30, what, $5 million a year and he's played 20 games in total. That's embarrassing. It would be embarrassing if DeAndre Jordan is putting in more effort <laughs> into basketball oh than, than anyone, you know, like, because Jordan doesn't move. And if he's putting in more effort than you, then you got some problems. Well, I mean, that's a situation we'll have to keep monitoring. Um, it, it, it's we haven't heard really from we I mean all we've heard from Woj or Shams is Shams saying he's expected to be back at some point and they just kind of they're just kind of vague about it I think I get I just have a very hard time believing he's going to sit out the entire season but already uh, what's happened now is not you, wait, wait, but Nick did you have a hard time thinking he was going to leave Boston <laughs> I did. You know what? So you never know. <laughs> you know what, man? Um, I wa- One thing I thought was pretty interesting, speaking of that today, was Colin Cowherd. Oh, man. I get a lot of pub, but Colin Cowherd on his show today claims he called someone up within the Celtics yesterday about this Kyrie situation. And he cl- they claimed that the Kyrie stories they have are quote-unquote outrageous, but they didn't want to release them in fear that future free agents won't want to come to Boston. Take that for what it's worth. Oh, God. Like, it's... But, yeah, like, with Kyrie, you can't really... He's he's just kind of a crazy fuck, so you don't really know what you're going to get from him on a given day. He literally could decide tomorrow to go back to Brooklyn. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Especially after this trade, but well, yeah, for the code, the COVID protocols, probably. So yeah, but st- I, I just mean like just be in the Brooklyn area and like let the Nets. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, like it's this has been a wild, like absolutely wild, um, uh, twenty four hours, forty eight hours for the Brooklyn Nets. Like we've gone from an absolute disaster of a Kyrie situation. To actually picking up a lot of people don't remember that twenty uh, not even twenty eight uh, four hours ago, the Brooklyn Nets beat the Nuggets. KD went off and it was a big comeback win. Sparked Led by, by three guys we still have: KD, Joe <laughs> Harris, and Bruce Brown himself. <laughs> we don't, Bruce Brown has been better than I thought. I'm I still I'm very skeptical that he's going to do anything in the playoffs, but we'll see. Uh, because he he was like a nothing player for the Pistons, um, but a lot more minutes now. <laughs> yeah, true. He, that's the Nets. So overall, this oh, we double double tonight. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of Bruce Brown, ten rebounds, twelve points. All right. Wow. You know he's a Boston area kid, so can't hate him. Um, he's from. We'll uh, get Tatum over here once his contract's up. <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, so, uh, <laughs> You know what, Paul? How about uh, how about uh, you give us uh, when Joe when Joe Harris inevitably is mad about the dysfunction and requests a trade? How about that, huh, buddy? No, I'm just kidding. For Jason Tatum, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I think we'll see how this goes as it goes along. I think we can all agree this has got to be, I think it's the ballsiest trade in NBA history. I don't think there's anything close to it. Um, and I, think a close, I think a close second is Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry. To the, to the <laughs> yeah, forgot oh about that one. Oh, your draft picks got us Tatum and Brown. Thank you very much. You, those picks are the only reason that we are like in the remotely in the conversation with oh, you. Man. And how many rings do you have to show for it all these years later, huh? Hey, you I still have one shit. As a franchise. You still haven't won shit. We won in 2008. <laughs> like, that's not that funny. <laughs> Boy, if, if if we play in the conference finals or the semifinals, this podcast is going to be, oh my goodness. Going to be a disaster. I mean, if we even do have a playoff. Yeah, good point. One thing we haven't even discussed is that COVID might end the season. So, or we could bubble. I don't know. This whole season makes no goddamn sense already. Hey, I mean, I mean if Harden has been... If Harden's going to strip clubs, Katie's already had COVID. Kyrie probably has it. I mean, our whole team's going to have antibodies by then, so we'll be good to go. <laughs> hey, 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 don't I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> Listen, we're going to have Tatum with the antibodies. We have Time Lord, who, hey, man, I, as much as I joke about Robert Williams, he has been our best big man this season. And I'm looking forward to him absolutely destroying DeAndre Jordan. Excuse me, the fossil of DeAndre Jordan. Oh, and... just wait till we have a fossil of Blake Griffin after he's bought out. All right. Uh, I don't think I've got anything else really left to say on this. Um, I just saw someone on Celtics Real GM have a very interesting theory, and that is, my guess is KD always wanted Harden for a while and that it might have pissed off Kyrie and made him jealous. <laughs> it's plausible. I don't listen. You know, usually I'm very skeptical on any rumors I see. But when it comes to Kyrie, I believe everything because it, it, it just makes sense. Like, he's just so dysfunctional, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see if he buys it. I, again, I just really, yes, he is crazy crazy don't get me wrong the guy is legitimately insane he's a good person but is legitimately insane and makes that makes him easy to hate and i think now what that's the biggest question to me it's not is a defense going to be bad it probably will be they're probably going to pick up another center but we got to see i mean their depth is gone we can all agree on that and in a covid in a covid season if james harden I mean, you can get reinfected. They, the NBA has – there was a story the other day that multiple players have tested positive twice, and that, that's not good. So if Harden, Kyrie, assuming he's back, or Durant get COVID uh, in the playoffs, then the Nets are fucked. I mean, at that point, unless it's Kyrie and they still have Harden and Durant, then the Nets are fucked. I'm sorry, they are, uh, especially with this loss of depth. Um, I, I guess that's really all I have to say. I mean, can you guys think of anything else? I mean, this is just 
besides me and Paul going back and forth about the Nets being a trash franchise for so long and congratulations being an actual franchise and not the team that gave us Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Kyrie probably just needs more sage and he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Nick's by the way, Nick's down nineteen to the new Nets. Yeah. Oh yeah, they are. Not even the new Nets. We're like, we're, we don't have Kyrie. We don't have DeAndre Jordan. We have, it's, it's like KD. a third Well, our big three tonight is Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, and KD. My God. Julius Randle is twenty-four. RJ Barrett is sixteen. Emmanuel quickly has 13. No, oh, wait, there's a, you know, it feels worse. And then, and then you look at the Nets box score and DeAndre Jordan has 11 rebounds and you know it's bad at that point. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I got to say this, like Katie's been struggling. So if they had gone up against like, the actual good scoring team, they might be in trouble. But, you know, the Knicks can't score. I could probably play for them on like a three-day contract and score right. more points than their top scorer. <laughs> Before we go, a major piece of news just came out. Unrelated, Uh-oh. completely unrelated, but we got to. We should mention this briefly. Per Quentin Mayo, who is the Wizards analyst for NBC Sports Washington, this is not Beal. The Wizards fear that Russell Westbrook has suffered a major setback in his quadricep. Oh boy! Oh, he was injured. I didn't even know. Yeah, he got hurt against the Celtics. I think, or or we know oh. his game after. I'm oh, going to miss boy. him, man. He fucking sucked in that game. Like, he is just awful. Oh, I guess my God. Are, and actually, that is one thing that's fair to mention. Um, oh, Beal's got to be next. Beal, right? Beal's next, guys. But oh, what, yeah. whether you like it or not, Bradley Beal's next. He's the next star that's going to go. Welcome so, to Denver. Welcome to Denver. I, I, I think Denver's getting him. I, I think with Brooklyn out of the picture, I think the Celtics will try because he's friends with Tatum, but I don't really see how we get him without giving up Jalen Brown, which we're not going to do. Um, outside of that, I can't really think. Is there any other team? Miami Miami will make an attempt as well. Maybe Milwaukee. Pelicans have a ton of picks. Yeah, they're out of the left field. They can offer Lonzo and all the draft picks in the world. They have a chance. Oh, yeah. I thought they would make an attempt at Harden, but I don't know. I guess David Griffin was like, meh, why not? I mean, what's the point? Um, Plus, they're in the same conference. so That's true. Right. Let's send Bradley Beal to the, uh, the the team he was supposed to go to, OKC. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> God damn, man. The NBA is just nuts. I mean, it's just a crazy league, and it, everything changes by the minute. You know, it's all like, about entertainment, like you said, right? <laughs> yeah, and there is going to be no team in the next few years that brings more entertainment, for better or worse, than this team. So, I let's see, let's see how it goes. Because, um, by the way, Scalabrini, uh, Brian Scalabrini, just says that he would keep an eye with the Celtics TP on Oladipo. Um, I don't really think that's going to happen, but I guess we, we'll see. I mean, if we get Victor Oladipo and he's willing to play next to Kemba, uh, Tatum and Brown, that's pretty good. But again, I'm not really, I'm not really like to, I mean, I, I think the trade exception is more likely going to be like an Aaron Gordon caliber player, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. All right. I think that's all we got. So do you want to end it here? <laughs> 
Yes. All right. For the BX Basketball Podcast, I'm Nick Englander here with... Number one, James Harden fan, Paul Burry. <laughs> 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 yeah, have a good one.